Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my co-host on the other side, Cantu. How are we doing today, my brother? We're doing good. We're doing good. Just get out the courthouse. Had to uh, go get that vehicle registration. I don't know why that uh, ad from Nice Point and the Box came to my head as soon as I said that, but it's all good. It's Friday, Junior, or Friday, if you're listening to us uh, in the morning, but we're doing good. We're doing good. How about you? Good. Hanging in there. Like you said, Friday Junior is here. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, happy Friday. Hopefully you're having a great start to your weekend as Astros baseball is coming up. So, Angel, what do you got going for today? Yeah, we have a jam-packed episode today. Obviously, we'll be talking about Astros Roundup and what's the word or the buzz in West Palm Beach at Cacti, uh, at the new Cacti of the, of the Palm Beaches field. Our spring training out, uh, updates again. We um, we've been seeing some guys get some work in those uh, um, batting practices that are brought to you by Evan Taggart and other uh, media personnel that's over there. That's a little player updates and just what, what's around, cook, what's cooking in the off season. You know, like it's not going on. Before we start, I need you to look at the bottom of that screen of that moving little train that's right there and follow and follow us on where you get your podcasts. And Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and and I was in charge of that, but I haven't posted anything. But um, yeah, so just don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button, and so start us off. Yeah, so let's start with that show's roundup. Skipper updates brought to you from Joe Espada. Espada had talked about Jeremy Pena, and we've we've talked about it last episode with uh, Robert Flores. Shout out to him for being able to be a part yeah. of that episode with us. Uh, but we we had talked about Jeremy Pena's new approach at the plate. Uh, you see his new batting stance. He has that bat on his shoulder. No wag, no nothing like that until he loads up. Maybe a little bit. But uh, they asked Joe Spotter what he thinks about Jeremy Pena. He's like, I want Jeremy coming to the ballpark knowing where he's going to hit, and he looks good. So that's a great start to see that Joe Spotter likes the new approach Jeremy Pena's doing. And I believe when he's saying, you know, when he comes to the ballpark knowing where he's going to hit. If you remember last year, Angel, um, I mean, Jerry Pena was hitting in the two hole. He was hitting in the eight hole, uh, possibly sometimes in the nine of the batting rotation. And that's what Ospot is trying to, you know, set him up in this stack lineup, I would say, for the Astros, because obviously you got Altuve, you got Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker. I mean, you got a lot of guys in that lineup that can hit. And with Jerry Pena now, you don't know. Maybe you could put him in the sixth spot. Maybe you could put him in the two hole. I don't know. What, what do you think about Pena's potential? I guess hitting spot in the lineup. I don't know. I'd say you either start them in that two hole or even that six hole, you know, just to see like I'm leaning more towards the six hole just to see where he's at, how he feels comfortable. And then if he gets a little groove going, depending how the other guys are doing at the top, I, I can see him switching into that two hole. But I think Jerry Payne has a lot to prove since last year. And it, like, like we've been saying for a long time, baseball is a game of adjustment. So, you know, one little tweak in your batting stance or mechanics could be could go a long way. So, potentially question, I would say more like six, seven hole, and then see what he does, and then you you go from there. Yeah, I mean, possibly you could see him in the nine hole. He could be that guy that gets the lineup going back to the leadoff hitter, gets it going again when it goes from the first time around. So, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to him being the nine. I don't see him. Why not for him to be in the in the second spot of that lineup too, because if you remember in 22 in the postseason, the world series, et cetera, I mean, he was hitting pretty good in that two spots. So um, I'm, I'm not think, opposed to your idea either. 
the only thing about the ninth hole, I think that's going to be more like Jake Myers. Uh, and I kind of like Jake Myers just because of that speed aspect. And I'm not going to like touch about it a little bit, but just like Jeremy Pena, Jake Myers has a lot to prove as well. They, yeah. The Astros shown that they trust him to, you know, they claim that he's going to get a lot of reps in center field. They didn't trade him, you know, even though, you know, I, I think they could have, but they decided to keep him. So I would say Jake Myers would be in that ninth hole. And if you can get a solid a solid season for Jake Myers, it's going all the way for the Astros. Well, again, he has a lot to prove. They're showing confidence of him. And he, and he knows he has Chaz McCormick right in his rear view mirror as well. Yeah, I mean, the team has a lot of confidence in Jake Myers. Uh, we'll talk about Jake here in a minute. But um, let's move on with the with the pitchers now. Justin Verlander, of course, if you remember, he had that little hiccup. But it looks like he's progressing very well. He's throwing still. He did a live bullpen um, as well. So Joe Spada had talked about it. Justin Verlander had played catch yesterday, which was on a Monday, and felt good. JV did throw a bullpen Wednesday. And then Spada is encouraged where he's at right now. Of course, Joe had mentioned, too, that he, he's not too worried about Justin Verlander because Verlander, like we've talked about, I mean, he's a veteran. He already knows where he's going to be at. And, you know, if he's not feeling well, he's not going to throw. And if he's feeling good, I mean, obviously, he's going to do whatever, you know, bands, um, live BP. I don't know, whatever he can do. So he knows his body better than anybody at this point. So that's a great sign to see if you're an Astros fan. And then last but not least, JP France. He did play catch Thursday. Not many pitches were thrown, but threw a few pitches. And Espada said that he felt good. So that's an encouraging step to see in the right direction for JP France because if France is out during the regular season, I mean, the Astros are going to have to look into pitchers like Brandon Belak, Ronel Blanco, um, who's another guy that we could think of? JP Hunter uh, Brown. Hunter Brown. Seth Martinez could possibly be a guy too. Forrest Willie, he could be a starter in that role. So very important and very encouraging to see that JP France and Justin Verlander is moving the right direction. Of course, it's too early. It's barely the first week of spring training. So good little footsteps going into the right direction, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. So let's start off with one of the guys, and being that is Jake Myers, like you had mentioned, Angel. Um, him and Chaz McCormick are really going to be in that platoon spot for center field. But Jake as well, and I mean, the whole Astros organization from Dana Brown to Joe Spada said that Jake Myers is going to get many opportunities and he's going to have that chance to have that starting job. So center field is not officially a starting position for Chaz McCormick. It is up for grabs for whoever's going to get it. So Joe Spada had mentioned on Jake Myers on Wednesday to the media. He said, right now, I like where Jake is, his mindset. He is in a really good place. Confidence is great. And as long as we keep him there and he continues to move forward, he's going to be just fine. Adding on with that, he did uh, talk about more about Jake Myers on Sports Talk 790 on the radio. He said, he is high as I've seen in years. It's showing him that we have his back. We know what he can do defensively, and we've seen what he can do offensively. Like I said before, Jake is going to play a big impact on our team, and he's going to play a lot. He did was mentioned with another question, and the question was, Espada, what needs to do better for Jake Myers at the plate? One word, Angel, from Joe, and that was confidence. Confidence, confidence, confidence. That's what 
Joe Espada really preached about during that segment with Sports Talk 790 about Jake Myers. Um, he did mention, too, Jake had some good at-bats on Monday. He hit a home run, and then he also hit a ball to the warning track uh, up against the wall. So that is encouraging signs to see that Jake Myers looked like he's having that confidence get back into play because if you look from – I to me, my opinion, I think from that postseason game in 2021 when he ran into the wall, he just hasn't looked the same. And I don't know if it's, you know, kind of a mental standpoint, physicality. I don't, I don't know what it is. But when you have your manager telling you that confidence is the biggest thing for this kid, that, that means a lot. So I'm going to ask you, I mean, we both played baseball. We both played high school. Um, right now you're playing Sunday League. So you're still playing the game at the highest level. But I'm going to ask you, I mean, how big is it to have confidence in baseball? Because I think that goes a long way from being a kid in Little League all the way to high school, uh, select ball, travel ball, even college to the pros. What do you think? It's everything. Honestly, in baseball, confidence is everything. Baseball is a game where it's mental. And I think we said this before, it's 80% mental. You, you can even argue 90% mental as well. And then the 10% or 20% physical, the way you want to see it. And <clears throat> when you don't have confidence there in the plate, I feel like your mind is just in a black abyss where you're like, I know I need to get a hit. I know I need to do this. But then the more you tell yourself that, the less likely it is going to happen, right? So being able to have confidence, especially at the plate, because hitting is hard. It's one of the hardest things to do in sports, especially when you got guys throwing <clears throat> high 90s, 100 miles per hour. And then with such movement that we've been seeing nowadays from all these pitchers around the major leagues, you need you do need every bit of confidence you can get. So, And then... Honestly, I kind of like where Joe's spot is at because that's where it starts. Yes, you need to have confidence in yourself, but hearing that positive reinforcement from your from your skipper, from other teammates goes a long way, especially when you see, like, when I keep looking a little down. And I'm not saying Dusty Baker wouldn't do that because, again, Dusty Baker is the player's coach. I feel like Dusty Baker is that old, um, old uncle or grandpa that always knew the right things to say, right? So it's just now... Astro showed confidence in him. Joe Spada has confidence in him. It's just now Jake Myers having confidence in himself. Yeah, because, I mean, if Jake can do that on the field, there's going to be a different Jake Myers this coming season for the Astros. If he could have his confidence, if he could continue playing at the right state, and like you were saying, getting that encouragement and getting that, um, I don't know, I'm not, not prosperity, but, you know, not even advice, but the, like I'm saying, the encouragement from Joe Espada, your manager, your coaches, your players, basically having your back at the end. Uh, it, it just means a lot to you, honestly, as a player and a, and a player standpoint. So seeing that from Espada, saying that early on, especially during spring training in the first week, first two days, um, that, that does mean a lot. And that goes a long way to a player. So especially like Jake Myers, who's dealt with injuries he's dealt with a lot of you know slumps here and there uh he's had to sit on the bench when Chas McCormick is starting those games in the postseason um you know it could take a toll on you honestly from a mental standpoint the confidence level so Joe Spot is saying that that does it's really encouraging but real quick who said the quote baseball is 90% mental the other half is physical <laughs> give it to me who who get who said that quote Give me like a Yogi Berra or something. Yes, the Yogiisms. Yogi yeah. Berra. Um, have a good. They have a good documentary. Speaking of him on Netflix right now, so very I think, encouraging to see it. I think when I was in, uh, if I remember correctly, when I was in high school, I went to Half Price Books and I saw a Yogi Berra 
book, right? They'll check like a little, uh, I guess, biography. Bought it, read two pages, haven't opened it since. Come on now. Come. <laughs> I, need to go, I need to go find it again. It's probably lost somewhere in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> but a guy who does not like confidence because he's been in his hair and like looks like it every season when he's healthy is Jordan Alvarez. And Jordan Alvarez just like every other year, except I guess last year, if you want to say spring training, but Espada said that Alvarez is full as a full goal. He looked really good doing outfield drills and he will start playing earlier than he had in past springs, which I'm not going to say Jordan Alvarez is not, is a liability in the outfield because that's, I'll be incorrect. He, for a big man, he plays pretty good outfield. Um, but you can sometimes tell, like, the experience kind of lacks sometimes when, you know, routes and, you know, just like the little things. We know he, he, he has a great arm. So being able to get those drills early and often, that's always good for Jordan Alvarez in the outfield. But um, I, I know he's going to DH, but like his father kind of said, earlier as well is that he he kind of want to rotate that DH spot to give some guys a break as well. So we're gonna see Jordan Alvarez in the outfit as well. Um but Joey Spot even continued uh, when he when he talked to Sports Talk 790, he said Jordan is quiet, but when he speaks his words carry weight. He has a presence and influence in our clubhouse. He loves to talk about hitting and relates well to people. You guys will see someone who's gonna be a little bit more vocal and we need that out of Jordan. But I expect him to take the next step of taking that leadership role in our clubhouse. You guys will see more good than Alvarez in the outfield in spring training. I think when Jordan is healthy, he's actually a good left field. And that's really that's really a, a great transition for Jordan Alvarez because Jose Altuve, again, he's going to be there for quite a few more years. But when you saw with Carlos Correa here, he was that leader, you know, that vocal leader. And last year we kind of talked about how that may be like missing right especially when they couldn't win at home and having no one better but Jordan Alvarez to step up I feel that goes a long way for this clubhouse what do you think on that yeah it's big I mean the the big guy's been with the Astros since 2019 he's had a contract extension as well um I mean he's been in the league for a good five years he's seen the ups he's seen the downs to be in a world series champion to after playing two games in the 2020 season, having to have knee surgery. So the dude's been, you know, he's seen it all. He's been there, done that. He will be an unrestricted free agent, I believe, after the 2028 season. So he's going to be with the Astros for quite a while, especially with Jose Altuve there. But like you were saying, too, Altuve's been there since the bad times, too. I mean, obviously, the 100 lost seasons. Uh, he's the franchise player of this team. But Jose Altuve is Jose Altuve. You have other leaders that can carry on. Uh, like you were saying, you've seen Carlos Correa been in through the system, and he was probably one of the best leaders, I'd say, in the Astros uniform. Even Maldonado, I would say that, you know. And that's where I was going to go next. Maldi oh, kind of took – no, 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 you're good. Maldi did take that next step of being the leader. You've had Bregman as well. But you don't have a guy that's very vocal in the clubhouse. Um like I said, maybe Maldonado was that guy. Uh, for sure, you've seen Carlos Correa take that step when he was with the Astros. But now with Alvarez, um, you know, one of the best hitters in the game, I'd say, uh, through Major League Baseball, he's going to be that guy to step up and take that next role. And that's what the thing with Joe spotted. I mean, he's kind of already 
not picking at him, but saying this guy is going to be the next one to put this team more on top. Instead of being Jose Altuve, you know, looking up towards him and seeing what he's going to do. Jordan Alvarez is kind of that guy too. When people go to the stadium and like, for instance, in postseason time, I mean, everybody's having their phones out ready to see what Jordan Alvarez is going to do. So he's the next one up. Um, I agree with Joe spotted right there. And then plus with the outfield situation, the dude's a damn good left fielder. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like he's very underrated from catching the ball, throwing the ball. I mean, he's thrown people out at home, thrown people out yeah. at third. Uh, he has yeah. the arm to do it. So um, he, he's not afraid. Obviously, I know there's a lot of Astro fans out there that are afraid to see him play the field because obviously, if you remember that time uh, when he went to go track a ball in the warning track and left center, he kind of stumbled with the cleats. Um, yeah, you do see that. But at the same time, too, the greatness in this guy, not just seeing the offensive part, but the defensive part, I think that needs to stand out a little bit more. And I think Jordan Alvarez is going to be able to do that, especially playing in more spring training games earlier in March. Yeah, and then, again, when they make podcast, like advantage of playing in practice, he has that short course, so he doesn't have mm -hmm. to run as often or, you know, the range has to be precise sometimes. But it's more like when you get to, like, those visitor pop parks where, like, for example, uh, uh, glow light field is pretty um it's pretty big as well so you know just covering that ground but yeah early and often spring training is always a good sign for your offers especially in the outfield and i think our theme of this show has been guys that need that have something to prove i think the only outlier is running offers because we talked about jake myers uh we talked about um jerry, jerry Pena. Pena, and then christian javier and i think robert flores uh said it best last uh this this earlier this week is He's gonna be an X factor. He had, like he didn't have a good season after that contract extension. So if the Astros want to have success, Christian Javier needs to step up. And what does he do? Well, he he lost 15 pounds, comes in a little bit more leaner, and he's hoping that that way he dropped off, you know, can help with his mechanics that they've seen, you know, happen last season. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets a start. I know again. I know you talk about that in a bit, uh, but I want to see maybe it's a, like, I, I'm just curious. Was it like, you know, like if it was a big mechanical issue or just something very slight. So I'll be like, I think when Christian Javier steps in the mound of spring training, yes, it's, it's a spring training game, but eyes are going to be very, very close to the mound. Yeah. These spring training games. I mean, of course they're in the, in the fan aspect, of course they're boring. They're not, you know, fun to watch, but at the same time, too, you get to see the next generation of players of you know on the upcoming. You got prospects trying to fight for a spot, you got actual position players still fighting for a spot as well. Um, these things these games do mean something, obviously. And then Christian Javier with him losing the 15 pounds, I think that's huge. I honestly didn't think he added a lot of weight in the you know last season, but if he's dropped 15 pounds and he even said it himself trying to see if it'll help his mechanics. I think that's, I think that's great. And the Astros point of view too, because of the star rotation. I'm just speculating here, but, but you think it could have been like, he would get like a little fatigue, you know, because he was a little heavier. So his arm will start to drag a little bit. You know, start leaving more stuff out to play. That's things go on. Could be, maybe that could be, a I honestly think <laughs> that could, could have happened too. I honestly think it could have, because obviously, uh, plus he played in the, WBC. He played in the World Baseball Classic. So, and then they won the World Series that last 
you know, 2022. So he only had maybe what, two, three months to kind of rest, yeah. not fully recover. So it, it does take a toll on your arm as a pitcher. Yeah, it threw a lot of bullets for sure. But the X factor part, like Robert Flores said, I honestly think he's going to be the pivotal part of that rotation because, of course, you do have Justin Verlander, which you've seen what he could do. Framber Valdez, you've seen what he can do as well. Um, obviously, that second half in you know last year's season wasn't what he wanted, but this year he has something to show. I think the biggest part is going to be Christian Javier because he did get that contract extension with the Astros um, because the Astros did see something in him. And I think still to this day, uh, the organization's still going to be behind his back no matter what. Um, Astro fans out there as well. A lot of people are going to look at him still as that number two, number three guy, because that's what he was last year. He was the number two to Framber Valdez. So it's going to be a lot of eyes on him, like you were saying, to see what he's doing wrong. Maybe it's mechanical. Maybe it's, you know, velocity. I'm, I'm curious to see where the velocity is at, too, because if yeah. you remember last year, his velocity dropped about, what, two or three points, I would say. Yeah, because I think it was more like 95, 96, it was 97, and so it it would be interesting to see what he does in his first spring training game. I would like to see where the velocity is at in his aspect because that was the biggest thing for him. I mean, the fastball, the rising fastball is what killed hitters. Hitters couldn't hit that ball. And it was 95 plus, 96, 97. I mean, he almost topped at 98 too at a time. So mm -hmm. His first start is going to be very intriguing, not just to the fans, but to the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I agree. And again, it'll be an interesting arm to see. Yeah, but speaking of another interesting arm and the number one prospect in the Astros farm system, it is Spencer Arigetti, the Houstonian hometown kid from Katy, Texas. Um, obviously, he's never pitched in the majors last year. Um, there was a lot of buzz of him becoming that number one guy that the Astros can go to just in case, um, let's say a starting pitcher gets out, maybe he's not, you know, injured, stuff like that, you know, whatever scenarios happen in baseball. So Joe Espada, Dana Brown, uh, I believe Gavin Dickey was there as well to see what this kid done on, on a, in, when he was throwing his bullpen. And then Joe Espada had talked about the early impression of Spencer Arigetti, and he said his first impression has been really good, how he carries himself, he acts like he belongs. His confidence level is solid. We're expecting him to provide some support this year at some point, and his stuff is really good. Um, Erigetti did talk with Sports Talk 790 as well on being right next to a guy that's been there, World Series champion, Cy Young Smart. Award winner, Justin Verlander. Uh, this is what Erigetti had to say. He said, it's really cool to sit next to him every day here in the locker room. And obviously, it's not just him, but some other phenomenal athletes that have great careers in the show already. I want to learn from everybody and just be present while I'm here. So this kid is already itching for a way to get into the big leagues. Obviously, he last year, if, you, if you've seen, he was in double A in the beginning. And then obviously, the next thing you know, he just went to... Um, the Space Cowboys in Sugarland, and a lot of Astro, Astros organization personnel, uh, from Dana Brown to Joe Espada, um, even the player development coaches have talked about him being the guy next up to come up through the farm system into the Astros, um, you know, on the roster. So he's going to make sure he shows his impressions. Of course, we've talked to him when he was at 
at TriStar, and he said that he was just during the offseason trying to get better consistently, uh, making sure his pitches were concise. Uh, he even added a sinker into his mix as well, into his arsenal, so that's another plus. He did say he's not going to throw that pitch a lot, but he just has it in the back end just in case he needs to throw it. So well, what are your thoughts about Arigetti, man? I mean, the kids looks like he's already showing a great – start from the get-go and from the Astros coaches and the players. So what, what do you think about that? Oh, I think it's great for the Astros. Again, they're still uh, facing some uh, injuries in this first half. And, you know, one one key thing is that, you know, he has confidence in himself. So I think whenever you can do that, no matter what level you are, he's proved he can pitch in double-A. He's proved he can pitch in triple-A. And then there's only one step to prove you can pitch in the major leagues. And I think, though, I think early indication like, seems that way. It's just like he just had to stay true to himself, and I think, I think he can have a. Honestly, I think he'll have a great impact this year for the Astros. It could be in a bullpen role, starting role early on, but I think he will make his name known to Astros fans this year. Yeah, I think he's gonna be one of those guys that comes up in early, um, maybe like how JP France had did last year with the whole injury situation, um, because the Astros did deal with a lot of injuries from their starting depth, and they. Brought in JP France. I can see the same thing happening maybe in the midsummer, maybe in June, maybe late May, maybe in July. But I do think the Astros will bring in Arigetti. Like you're saying, he could be in a starting role. He can work out the bullpen. I think he's going to have a huge impact on this team early on. And because, I mean, you pitchers have never seen him. You saw in the beginning how it worked well for JP France. It does have its pros and cons, but I mean, the pros are kind of like the bright side. What do you want to look at? And Arigetti already has the stuff. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting what he brings to the table. Of course, we already have the three starters for the first three games of Astro spring training. Ronel Blanco will start Saturday's game against the Washington nationals. And then there will be two games going on. Um, I believe it's Sunday or Monday. One of those days. I don't have the dates right in front of me, but Hunter Brown will start Sunday split squad game against the St. Louis Cardinals and Brandon Belag will start that same day split squad game against the Mets in Port St. Lucie, which I'm very interested to see where Port St. Lucie and West Palm Beach is. Maybe an hour away. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Maybe they got to drive one of those white vans like we had to do in high school. Not going to be flying out. It's... Right. Absolutely. But sorry, I was searching something up, <laughs> but it's time to move on to around the horn and baseball's back. Baseball, baseball is, is back. There is the first screen training game debut between the Dodgers and the Padres. And again, I think the Dodgers making all these moves in, in the offseason and now, right? Dodgers routed the Padres. It was 14 to 1. I don't know if you saw the game. It was 14 to 1. The Dodgers scored eight runs in that first inning, and Joe Musgrove was actually the starter for the game. So, again, it's his first start of the spring, so I'm not too worried about uh, Joe Musgrove giving up a lot of runs. But it could be a, a future setting of what the Dodgers could do, honestly. Yeah, they got they got something to prove this year. Uh, last year they got what they got swept, or they're no, they did get swept by the Diamondbacks last year. Uh, the year before that, they got swept by the Padres. So they, 
with the signings of Otani, Yamamoto, uh, the trade from Glass now, um, I mean, this Dodgers team is really stacked, honestly. Like, yeah, no, absolutely, from top to bottom. Um, and I think they are going to be the team to beat, um, but they're starting off good this spring. Another, and, and we kind of talked about this that, you know, there's some key free agents that have not been signed. And Tim Anderson agrees on a one year deal with the Marlins. To me, this is more like, approve it deal um you know if he like does good with the marlins he'll hit free agency again trying to get you know the money he deserves on that end but the key free agent besides shohei otani is blake snail and he's still unsigned like we said baseball's back and he has yet to find the team i think he was what in the top 20 uh in the mlb rankings blake snow was i want to say yes Right. And he's yeah, still he still was. To, and he was yet to find a team. So I, I'm sure it'll happen soon. He's gotten an offer from the Yankees, actually. And the Angels and Giants are still looming. They're still in talks. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Things are just speculating there. I know I'm not too sure of what happened or what he said, but I think like a lot of Scott Boris agents are kind of like not been signed yet. So it's, I don't know. If that's, uh, good for baseball, good for now, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, having a Cy Young still not un- like still not signed to a team, it's just it's crazy. But at the same time, too, he does want to show what he's worth. He wants money, what he's gonna want. Um, you know, do, and he has the right to that. Do you think that's good for baseball, or bad for baseball that Blake Snell is still yet to be signed? I think it's bad for baseball, but as a player standpoint, I think it's it's good for the players. Because, like I said, I mean, they they want to get paid what they're worth. And Blake Snell coming off a Cy Young Award winning season with the Padres. And then plus, I mean, he's, now he's a two-time guy. I mean, he, he shows what he's worth. He's been to the World Series with the Rays. I mean, he's been a true ace at a time. I think he's trying to tell, the you know, these teams like, hey, you know, that's not going to be enough. And I'm not going to sign that amount of money that I don't want and what i'm worth so it for baseball yes it's a bad you know thing to look at but at the same time too for the players um it's good for them to stand their ground and show these teams what they're worth absolutely and then speaking of like free agents cody Bellinger, jordan montgomery jd martinez and match and are still unsigned as well joining blake snell who do you think out of Besides Blake Snell, like, oh, you, you know what? I, I guess you can include Blake Snell. Like, out of all these free agents we just named, who do you think signs first on the team? I'm down to two. Jordan Montgomery is an interesting one because if you've kind of loomed with the Red Sox to see what they're doing, everybody's been vocal over there. From uh, Rafael Devers. Player- Yes, exactly. The superstar player on that team, Rafael Devers, to a Hall of Fame player that's going to be in the Hall of Fame for the Red Sox um, this coming year, Dustin Pedroia. A lot of players have been kind of vocal about their standpoint of where their you know where their team wants to be, and they have a point. I mean, if a pitcher like that, like Montgomery, a World Series champion, right there, uh, you see what he's done in the postseason. He's still on the market, and you're not going to have a push to at least attempt to try to sign him. And he's been, the funny thing is too, he's been working out in Boston this past off season. Yeah. I think he's been working in the, at Boston college, I want to say. So yeah, and he's, he's from the South Carolina too. So, you know, 
not too far. The East Coast. So I want to say Jordan Montgomery, but I'm leaning towards Cody Bellinger more because the Cubs, if the Cubs sign Bellinger, I would say they're the number one team in that central. But if the Cubs, Cubs don't get yeah, yeah, and the Cubs don't get Bellinger, I don't think they're the number one team there. And with what Bellinger for the central? Yeah. I would say the Cardinals, but I'm leaning towards the Reds. I'm I'm leaning towards the Reds. I could see that. But um but Cody Bellinger though, like I think he'll be the first one off the board just for the fact that I feel like he's itching to play. I mean, I'm pretty sure like all these players have been doing their off-season regimen and getting ready for spring training. But a guy like Bellinger that did really well with the Cubs and where the Cubs are right now, they have they have the potential to be the number one team in the Central. Like I said, uh, with Corbin Burns being gone with the Brewers, I, I feel like the Central's up for grabs and Bellinger would be a great addition for the Cubs. No, I agree with you. And I know they signed David Peralta. And I think he said somebody else. I, I forgot their names. Like, like his name was top of my head. But like you said, they're pretty stylish. They have a pretty good style in middle infield as well. And they got some pop. They got Ian Happ in there too. Their pitching was pretty good. They have Justin Steele. And I think I'm thinking on one other name that was pretty good from there. I think that was the number two guy. But they have a good squad. And I agree with you. I think if they do bring back Cody Benninger, that is a playoff team. Um, again, I don't see their Brewers uh, doing that well this year again. Cardinals got to fix their pitching woes, and then the Reds have a pretty good young squad. So it's the Cubs uh, again, but I think it's a Cubs stiff, uh, division to lose as well. But yeah, I, I think I do think the Cubs do have a great shot. I think so. I think so. But I think that's all. Not a mistake. All right. Pretty I want to get your opinion on two things, two yeah, topics. Talk to Let's get rid of the the first one real quick out of the room, and that's Cody Sang- uh, Senga. With the Mets. Did you hear about that? He is shut down, and it's possibly looking like he's not even, he's going to be starting on the IL in the beginning of the season. How, if you are a Mets fan, how are you feeling right now? Honestly, because Pete Alonso looking like it, he's going to look like he's going to hit free agency next year. The the extension talks don't look like it's going anywhere. And now you leave, you lose your, I would say their number one guy in the starting rotation, Senga. I mean, man. I mean, how how would you feel if you're a Mets fan, honestly? I think it's short term, just because of that Senga injury. Uh, I guess, I mean, I feel like it is in the back of your mind. I feel like you're like keeping an eye on it. But long term, I think you still have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've seen that they have an owner who's willing to go with a luxury tax was willing to spend the money. So I wouldn't be surprised if, say, for example, Senga's out for a good, healthy amount of time and there's still a free agent pitch out there. I don't I don't think – it wouldn't come out to me of a surprise if Cohen comes out and spends, opens up his wallet and brings it. So long-term, I'm not too worried just because, again, I, I don't think they're trying to go over the luxury tax, but they've shown that they're not scared of it either. So it's just like, you know, so I think, I think not, like short term, yeah, it's unfortunate that Cody's saying, guys, and I agree with you that is their number one guy is hurt. But I think, yes, you do got Peter Alonso, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure this will be contenders for years to come. So, real quick, projected starting rotation for the Mets it was Cody Senga, Jose Quintana, uh, 
Luis Severino, Adrian Hauser, Tyler McGill. You have another guy with something to prove there. Uh, Luis Severino is going to be the interesting one for me. Let's see if he could get back to himself like how he was with New York. He was that true dominant ace for the Yanks, and now he looks like right now the ace, the open day uh, starting pitcher looks like it's up for grabs at this point. Nothing against all those other pitchers that I name, but mm-hmm. Cody Sanga was the ace starting for the you know for the Mets. And I guess that makes this Luis Severino signing even a lot more greater now. Yeah. And then last but not least, like we had talked about two episodes ago, about the new uniforms. A lot of players have been talking about it. They even got uh, MLBPA. The Players Association now is getting into the mix. And they have mentioned, let me see on my phone, because I just saw the tweets just pulled up. It says real quick. Union says players confirm pants are see-through calls on league to fix before opening day. If you look at these jerseys and the uniform, like they said with the pants, that's not a good look. The jerseys, it don't even look like they have stitching. You even sent me a tweet the other day of a player's name almost wrapped in a circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is going on? Why, why, why is there a need for the change of these jerseys? And I think that I think you can see the jersey tucked in, like the little outline on it through the front, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. That's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. But I, I think, wonder. I, I just do wonder though. What What was the reasoning behind changing the jerseys? Like, I do understand. Yes, that players want to play comfortable, and things like that. But at the same time too, if they're going to want to play comfortable, then don't mess up with the stitching. Why, why change the the curve of the name of their last name on the back and make it look like it's going to be fit into a circle. Beats me. Maybe money could be, could be a money issue. Profit. Even the bordery on the stitching, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like a patch that was stitched. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of it's like, like the a, iron on, right? Yeah, like one of those iron-on stickers. So what's more expensive, the embroidered pants or the iron-on pants? Come on now. I, I'm not... hey, no, no, no. Well, that just speaks to my point of it could be about money. Like, you know, oh, yeah, I, that's why I'm – yeah, I agree with you on that. That's why you're saying what's, you know, yeah. more expensive. Obviously, it's going to be the embroidery, but – yeah. Just, it just takes me back to that episode of Seinfeld. I really encourage you to watch Seinfeld if you've never watched it. I know the little, the little beat, little theme song, like where it would go to commercial, but because uh, my mom would watch it every now and then. But I said that. There's watch. an there's an episode though that George talks about changing the uniforms to cotton, and then next day you know, uh, yeah, you gotta watch the episode. I, I, it's probably one of the funniest I'd say. So, if y'all haven't watched Seinfeld, I recommend y'all too as well. But that is the end of our show. Episode one sixty are in the books. Angel, you have anything to say before we sign off? Yes. Again, look at that movie. Letters down there. Follow us wherever you get your podcast, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You know, what I want you to do is go to open up your Twitter, search up, full steam ahead, and click the little button, little bell to get notified whenever we tweet. We'll get you the updates on Astros and things around. That's around the Astros as well. 
yeah most definitely and like he said too, subscribe to this youtube channel as we're still building it up but until then y'all have a safe weekend uh astros baseball the first game starts this saturday so go check it out um Give us your reports. Give us what you're thinking. What looks good? What looks bad? We'll all talk about it next week. But until then, y'all stay safe and have a good weekend.